Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are now down to six. So text through meat patties or tomato sauce. That's a hard run. That is a very hard run. Also hard for me to understand the game of football at the best of times. So I've got who I think is the best explainer, the best explainer when I'm a bit confused about what's going on in the Premier League. Uh, Jacob Spoonley, former wonderful goalkeeper, probably still could play in goal, actually. Fit young man, doesn't wear socks. Uh, Spoons, welcome in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this has happened or how it's happened, Staffy, but my socks, I do wear socks, by the way, but my socks are more famous than me, which is so good. Bizarre. Yeah. It's amazing how the little wee subtleties get picked up on and it'll never leave you now. Do you know what? Here's, Here's an exclusive. There were 15 complaints made to Sky about my socks during the coverage of the World Cup. Um, I was undermining the profession, which I found to be curious mate to say the least that is hilarious because i tweeted out i think i just i was actually congratulating <laughs> you because i find you really um um engaging to talk to about a, a sport i don't follow as much as you and i think i put a hashtag no socks no problem just as a bit of a joke <laughs> and away it went away it went oh i just embrace it i embrace it i want to talk to you about the premier league but i'll do that shortly um i've just seen it's come out that the phoenix striker Oscar is out with a groin injury for the game against Melbourne City. If we, if the Phoenix are going to lose one player, uh, it's probably not him that we wanted. No, no, you're you're right, Mark. It's it's not. Um, he has been on phenomenal, been in phenomenal form so far this season. Uh, picking up where he left off as the Phoenix's top scorer and pushing for the Golden Boot in the competition last year, um, he scored that wonderful hat-trick against Brisbane, which is where we left the New Zealand footballing public before the international break. Not so effective over in Melbourne, but I actually think this is going to answer a couple of questions of Giancarlo Italiano. What does he do without Oscar Zavada? And mm. it is one of the questions that we had as part of the Sky team. He is so impactful, and more to the point, outside of his goal-scoring attributes, He's very pivotal to the way in which the Wellington Phoenix play. So there's a compounded question that exists for the Phoenix to answer against Melbourne City this weekend. And he's a guy that has real presence, both you know, physically and just, and just he's got swagger, and, and I love that. I, I met him very briefly at NZTIS when I was down there last time in Wellington. He is a big human. He is gigantuan a behemoth mate mm. um <laughs> he, he towers over me uh, and that's not always a good thing as a goalkeeper but to your point he um 
he demands professional standards of this team. And if you look at a number of the young lads, particularly the likes of Finn Sermon and Alex Paulson, you've probably seen that they've turned from gangly teenagers into fit young professional footballers. Mm. And he is often challenging them about the way in which they recover, the way in which they prepare for a game, their gym work, for example. And that's why not only Alex Paulson pulled off the big uh, beach muscle pose when he saved the penalty <laughs> against uh, Perth, but it's why Oscar Zavada replicated the celebration of his young goalkeeper when he scored against the Brisbane Raw. So that speaks to the relationship that he's developing with these young New Zealand players. And the cool thing was that I had, a, this is the this is the entirety of my conversation with him. I said, g'day mate, where's the rest of the Phoenix? Because it was in the gym. He was in the gym. There were only two people in the gym, him and TJ Perinara, who was rehabbing from his Achilles. I said, where's the rest of your teammates? And he winked and said, resting. <laughs> <laughs> And what a combination for Wellington sports, TJ Perinata and Oscar Zavada, two yeah. players that simply embody that kind of underdog spirit in the capital at the moment. And it's going to need to be that staff because there's another team that's lurking over the horizon in this Auckland franchise. Mm. And there's angst already. If you look at the chat online between the developing fan bases and the established one, it's quite cool to see. Is it orchestrated? Do you think it might be a little bit orchestrated? N- not at the moment, mate. Um, because of some of the conversations that I've been having, the fact that uh, there's this Auckland's fan page that's developed on Twitter, there's obviously the Yellow Fever. I think this is going to be the difference between football and any other sport in this country. Mm. If you compare next year with Auckland and Wellington to what happens in the NRL, the Warriors represent New Zealand entirely, apart from those that support the Bulldogs or the Tigers, um, but there's no New Zealand derby. I think as well, the regionalism, the tribalism that used to exist in rugby has been diluted because we're we're spreading the All Blacks out amongst the franchises for high performance purposes. So football's got this nice little niche that can occupy and step in and, and develop this derby that is going to be played twice, maybe three times over the course of an A-League season starting next year. Mm. And Billy Billions, he's got plenty of what you need to start a new club, and he said he's probably going to overspend initially, but that's fine. Uh, but I'm thinking about the cattle, like, okay, budget probably won't be a problem, but there are salary caps, etc. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see the makeup of his squad and his coaching team. It is, and we're going to find out more about who they are over the next two weeks or so. I think that's probably the window that um, we're going to see a director of football and a coach uh, announced in. And the point here, Staffy, is that there's going to need off- there need to be offers made to players that are either out of contract in America um, at the end of this year or in the Scandinavian countries um, also at the end of this year. But the other European markets, you can start talking to players as of 1 January. Mm. And those players will be receiving offers and they'll be in negotiations with their current clubs. So if you want to have a seat at the table, there's going to need to be fast movement. The other point that I would make is that there are a number of Auckland players in the All-Whites squad that we saw get that wonderful result against Ireland, Mm. but also in the wider squad. They're going to want to come home. They're going to want to play in front of their home fans and their friends and family. And there's a likelihood that they could be playing in a downtown stadium. This Auckland franchise could be the catalyzing event to actually get a appropriately sized stadium up and running, which is really exciting because that changes the whole dynamic 
of sport in the region. What is the pool of New Zealand players like that is affordable? Like, obviously, Chris would be amazing, but we wouldn't be able to afford him. What is the pool of players like playing in lower tiers, slightly lower tiers through Europe and America that we could that he could call on? I think you're probably looking at a player pool of around about 25 that could challenge for a starting position. Mm. It's not small, Staffy. Mm. The issue that we've got at the moment is that football, unlike the traditional sports in this country, traditional professional sports, is that the pyramid doesn't exist within New Zealand. So if you compare it to the likes of rugby and cricket and rugby league, all of our players stay here. Our best players stay here and play at the peak of their powers here. Mm. Footballers have to go overseas. So one of the challenges that football has outside of the international windows is bringing the stories of our overseas footballers home. So I think this is a case for your average punter might not be aware of some of the players. They might have heard of them three to four years ago, but they're not aware of what they're doing at club level at the moment. The likes of Logan Rogerson, for example, is picking up between five and six assists and five and six goals per season in Finland at the moment. He is someone who has A-League experience and could be interested in coming home, playing for an Auckland team, not a Waikato team. But he's somebody who's an example uh, who has experience overseas that could provide value to this franchise. Coaching-wise, head coaching-wise, assistant coaching-wise, because it's more than just one person, I I had um, Daniel McCarty saying to me, you know, you live in Auckland, you better not support Auckland, you better support the Phoenix. And I said, there's only one reason, like once a Phoenix fan, always a Phoenix fan, and I'm a latent one, I admit it. I said, the only reason I'd support Auckland is if Paul Eiffel got into the coaching squad. Now, I had, <laughs> I, I had Paul Eiffel on the show, and I said, would you put your hand up? Um, would you put your hand up in some sort of role with the new franchise? And he said, I'd be crazy not to if they asked. Have you heard any whispers about anything? Not at the moment. It's been pretty tight-lipped, and I think rightly so, because they're going to need to be diplomatic and discreet about how they go about things. Mm. Um, And the important thing, though, Staffy, is that there's now a pathway not only for players, not only for the emerging generation of professional players, the current generation that wants to come home because we've got that amplification of opportunity, but also for staff, more to your point. So players that have either exited the game because they couldn't see themselves getting an opportunity in professional football over the next four or five years. Um, Those that are coaching at a regional level, for example, they now have the opportunity to elevate up into the professional game. And Bill Foley and his team, um, Nick Becker, uh, who's the new CEO, who's come across from Melbourne City and has experience with Manchester City and Arsenal, has been very clear. And to to be clear as well, Nick's a Kiwi, and they want to provide opportunities for either Kiwis or people that have made New Zealand their home. Now, I think they're going to prioritise the likes of your Paul Eiffels um, to come into the environment. The question for me is what does the team look like? Are they going to be efficient or are they going to spread themselves a little bit wider to say, hey, from a succession point of view, we want to have a number of people in the pool and within the tent. Um, So it's an exciting run-in to Christmas and Against the backdrop of all this, it's quite uh, serendipitous that Wellington are playing in Auckland uh, <laughs> in the week that the Auckland franchise has been announced. It's so cool. Yeah, it is so cool. And both the teams, uh, men's and women's. Um, gosh, see, you should apply to be Christopher Luxon's speechwriter because you've just chucked at me amplification of opportunity, you know? And and I and I understood where you're going with it. I love it. Uh, I want to talk about the Premier League, and I need you, you're my football explainer. 
Everton got docked points. Uh, people I've spoken to said this is the season you want to be docked points and get a clean slate because the bottom three teams in the Premier League are poos. So they'll fight, yes. their, they'll fight their way back up. What's happening? Will anything happen with Chelsea, who have put their hand up and said, actually, we did this, this and this, and Man City, who have got more money than Billionaire Bill? Is there anything yes. going to happen to those teams in blue? Well, Newcastle is obviously one team as well that's probably on the radar of the regulators. Um, The interesting point here, and we'll start with Everton, Staffy. Everton went to the Premier League and went to them with the problem they're having with financial fair play. Mm. And they said, we are going to do X, Y, and Z. And the Premier League said, that's fine. As long as you do X, Y, and Z, you won't fall foul of the financial fair play regulations. They then came back 12 months later and said, oh, we've only done X and Y. And what that meant is that they breached the 105 million pound uh, rule, which is over the course of three years. And although they were only 19 million pounds in excess of that threshold, they knowingly breached their tacit agreement that they had with the Premier League not to come a cropper of the rules. Mm. Manchester City is slightly different. Manchester City have been um, accused of fluctuating their commercial arrangements, in particular their sponsorship arrangement through Etihad, to offset any losses that they would make because of purchases in the transfer market. So it's a little bit more complicated. There Mm. hasn't been engagement with Manchester City. Chelsea are slightly different in that they're bringing very sophisticated financial modelling into the Premier League, and they're looking to uh, spread these massive transfer fees and the massive outlay of capital over the last couple of seasons um, across four or five seasons. So there's an appreciation model that's been used. So I've probably put people to sleep, but that's an example of how complex it is getting um, for the regulators and for the management of financial fair play in the Premier League. Yeah, my brother-in-law, who I've had on the show a couple of times, is the most, he's born, bred, lives, breathes, dies, Man City. He said to me in a message, don't worry about City, lad. He said, they've got so much money they can find the best lawyers, they'll never get taken down. Yeah, it's fair to say that the Magic Circle is probably getting more fees than they would expect out of football. <laughs> so, um, and the other point is that it's not always been very clear about the arbitration, the rules for arbitration and the settlement of these sorts of disputes. And then you set aside that and it's the first time that these these prosecutions are occurring, Staffy. So everything's a little bit new. We're kind of trampling through green fields here and that's as much of the issue as it is achieving fairness uh, in relation to these financial regulations that have only been introduced over the last five to ten years. It's it's murky and it's muddy, but it, it's it's chattable, isn't it? Um, to the, these leagues, there's always heaps to talk about in, in and amongst these teams in the Premier League. It's, it's fascinating. Well, let's jump on one, Staffy. Let's jump on the fact that Manchester City and Liverpool are playing it 12.30 UK time after an international window when both squads have had players playing in Europe, uh, which isn't that bad, but more importantly, South America. And if you consider our all-whites, the likes of Tim Payne, Finn Sermon, and Alex Paulson have travelled 40,000 kilometres in the space of a week <laughs> to play for their club, then play for their country, and now come back and play for their club. So Jurgen Klopp is rightly furious about this and this is apparently the 13th time that Liverpool have played the first game after the international window in 
the uh, the first kickoff time. Jeez. So it really is a big issue um, that needs to be dealt with, and it speaks more broadly to the issues that we're having with the calendar. Um, so why we have international games during the course of a professional season needs to be looked at. Mm. Well, have a decent window to allow some travel time, eh? Absolutely. And that's not being factored in at the moment. The civil war is being fought between FIFA and UEFA, and it's all about the commercialization of football. And the only way they see that happening is through more games. Mm. And in my mind, the NFL has got it right, where they're very careful and considered about adding any further games to their calendar. Mm. Man City, Liverpool, finally, top of the table clash, short turnarounds. Who's got the squad depth? Who's got the mentality to come out on top on that one? Uh, the juggernaut of Manchester City is something to behold. And I'm not sure whether or not they'll have Haaland. There's some questions over uh, if he sustained an injury for Norway. Also, didn't qualify for the Euros. But Liverpool have kind of flown under the radar. And full disclosure, and for your listeners that have heard me <laughs> in the morning shows, I am... Uh, a Liverpool fan. My family's from Birkenhead in Cheshire, so we're not quite scouse enough for my mate that's looking at me across the table at the moment, but uh, <laughs> we do have a scouse background. And I think that this Liverpool team is slowly building something. They're, they've kind of lost that chaos ball mentality, and they're, they're a bit more intentional in what they are doing at the moment. Mm. And the combination play between Sabaslai, Salah, and Darwin Nunez at the moment is really starting to accelerate this Liverpool team. And I do think that they are going to be in the conversation come January and February when we typically see the challenges break away from the peloton. Mm. Now, they need to sustain the pressure on Manchester City in this run into Christmas. You cannot stumble um, in the congestion that exists over the holiday period in the Premier League. If you do, that's typically when you see yourself have to withdraw from that really serious talk about trophies. Mm. Fascinating. See, very at ease talking football to you because if I don't know the answer, you do, which is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> <coughs> absolutely brilliant. Um, I'll, I'll get your address and I'll send you some socks for Christmas and we can all be happy. <laughs> very good, Steffi. Hey, mate, I'd love to see you along at Go Media Stadium, um, Mount Smart in South Auckland. Uh, there'll be a festival of football both the men's and the women's Wellington Phoenix teams are playing. They are in the conversation for the top of the table. Mm. Um, so we'd love to see a full stadium as we did for the Warriors earlier this year. Oh, it's a fantastic stadium when it's full. And it's only about 10 minutes from where I live too. So you never, well, I can't go this weekend actually. I've, I've, I'm on a mission down to Rotorua. But um, I usually go to the Phoenix when they're in Auckland. I do urge Aucklanders to come along. Um, it's a fantastic, and we've got both teams, which I think is great. Spoons, really appreciate the chat, mate. Not a problem, Steffi. Go well this weekend, mate. There, there he is, uh, Jacob Spoonley, our football correspondent. Now, it's back. It's back and it's now. It's a little bit earlier than normal. Show me the money. 0800 811. If you want to play Show Me the Money, it took a pause for a couple of weeks as we had the... Um, Cup Week Punters Club, the good old Punters Club, which did very, very well. Let's carry on that good form, mate. 0800 150 811. If you want to be part of the Show Me The Money for the Afternoons of Staffy, you pick a leg, I'll pick a leg, and Joey Bell will pick a leg, a three-leg multi. And the caller can even pick a fourth one if they want. We'll put a $50 bonus bet on it. If it wins, you win. Call us now.